stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's equity strategist, Dave Bartosiak, who's also the editor of Zach's Surprise Trader and Blockchain Innovator Portfolios and Newsletters, to talk about one of our favorite subjects, but we haven't talked about it in a while because it got kind of boring, the auto industry, but now it's not. We have the coronavirus, we have a recession, everything has gone to craziness, and the auto industry is getting hammered on all ends, (laughs) right? Dave, isn't that just like what we would say? Yeah. I think that about sums it up. It's the perfect storm right now. Yeah. Uh, for for the automakers, and uh, I, I mean, what can you say? So, sales are bad, right? Right. I wanted to talk about. um, Let's talk about the the big rental car companies first, even though that may seem strange to start off with them. But they've been very important. Yeah, they've been big in the news, and I think people don't really understand what a big percentage of the auto industry they really are. Like, I knew this, but until I was, like, reading all the articles, I was like, wait, I didn't realize that they bought 1.7 million cars a year from the automakers. About 10% of all U.S. auto sales are done by the rental car companies, which is Hertz, Avis Budget, and Enterprise. Enterprise is the only one that's privately traded. You can publicly trade in and and own Avis budget is CAR, C-A-R, that's easy. And then Hertz is H-T-Z. But Hertz has been in the news because they may have to declare bankruptcy. They have a deadline of May 22nd to get some funding. So we're going to see what happens with that one. But they've already revealed they've canceled 90% of their new car purchases for the 2020 model year. Um, Avis also not good. They saw an 80% fall in sales in April. That was, you know, in the new quarter and that they're going to burn through $800 million in the April to June quarter, (laughs) just trying to survive. So what, what does this say, um, Dave, about how is this aspect going to impact the auto industry? Because who knows when, you know, the rental car market's going to really come back. I mean, it will eventually, but a lot of it is, you know, business travel. You fly to some new city, you got to get the rental car and you're driving to your meeting or whatever's going on. That's going to take a long time probably to come back. And then some of them have like these other services like Avis Budget. We've talked in the past, they have zip cars, which I'm a member of. And that's kind of like just a car rental service that's in your neighborhood and you can rent it by the hour or the day and you pay like a set fee every month and includes insurance and gas and you, the keys are already in it. You swipe your card or your phone over the little uh, module on the front of the car and it lets you in. But how many people are going to be even myself, like wanting to rent one of those, (laughs) like, if I know someone was in it the hour before, do I want to rent that? No. So I don't know, Dave, like where, where's the rental car business going? Nowhere fast. Um, I mean, it's such a, it's getting hit from so many angles. Like you mentioned business travels way down. We're not flying anywhere. 
Now that eventually will return, right? It yeah. has to. Right. Um, but that mentality, like you mentioned, you know, for your zip cars and things like that, uh, how are you? How are they going to disinfect those cars in between people using them? So, I don't know. Yeah, from from those sort of the zip cars and such, I think are even going to be even more adversely affected than what you're going to get from the huge rental car fleets. Because at least yeah. if you're renting from Avis, you know that they cleaned it up after the last person used it, and it's all disinfected, rip roaring, and ready to rock. But I right. can tell you right now, I live I live near the uh, BB and T Center in okay. uh, where where the Panthers, the Florida Panthers, play their hockey games, and right now. The entire parking lot is rental cars. Wow. There's nowhere for them to put them. And typically around this time in South Florida, you have huge demand for rental cars. Right. And with, you know, spring break, um, we were on lockdown. So that's that was like a make or break time for a lot of these companies. So what's supposed to be the best time of year ends up being the worst time of the year and you're done. And in the meantime, these rental cars still have to carry the insurance cost of all of these cars that are sitting around and insurance companies are giving a little bit of rebates, but they're not going to give you a hundred percent rebate. Uh, right. I know my insurance company gave me 25% back, uh, which, you know, I, it, it, this hasn't really affected me anyway, cause I, I don't go anywhere anyway. Right. But, <laughs> right. um, <laughs> uh, but now everybody's staying from home, uh, working from home. So it, it's not only do you have less demand on the business travel, but you have just less demand from people in general. Yeah. Because we're just not driving like we used to. We're not because we're not going out of the house because there's nothing to do. Right. Some of those are temporary. A lot of those are, are more permanent and damaging. So uh, your rental car companies, that's that's trouble. And then now that's a major buyer for car companies yeah. that's not going to be out there buying. And let me tell you, some of these dealerships rely on that. They need it. And when okay. they're now they know that they're not going to get it and there's going to be a huge gap there because if you're a rental car company, you're not just going to, you know, if you decided you're not going to make that investment uh, to the same scale that you did last year, you're not all of a sudden just going to, you know, flip the switch and decide, you know what, forget it. We're, we're going to buy more cars and then even more cars. It's like, no, because yeah. now they know this isn't this may have been the first lockdown that we've had. But I think companies are going to change the way they do business and realize that this could be the first of I'm not going to say this is going to be a yearly thing, but right. it's, it's the first. Of, so it'll happen again. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you make of uh, General Motors shutting down Maven? I had to look up the name because I couldn't remember what it was. And Maven was launched in 2016. They completely shut it down in April of this year during the coronavirus uh, because it was going nowhere. But Maven was General Motors' way of like their Airbnb. So it wasn't really Zipcar, but like you could join Maven if you had a GM car, apparently. And you could lease it out to strangers who just wanted to drive your car for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Sort of like what you would do with your apartment or your house or the extra spare room or whatever. But it was already struggling like a year ago. And they, they pulled out of major markets like New York and Chicago a year ago. And then they completely just shut it down. <laughs> like they said, because that's the same thing, right, as a zip car. How do, how do I know what kind of sanitation is like in that yeah. person's 
are. So some of these kind of innovations that we talked about in the past are now, um, maybe they were already doomed, but now the coronavirus is really putting the kibosh on anything that was, you know, only semi-working or not so great. Yeah, this Uh, has definitely pushed some businesses over the edge. Those who are kind of teetering on the brink, and then you just said, okay, well, it's not going to work. So, you know, GM had their Maven, but that's, I can go to Turo right now and do the same thing. Okay. Where it's a car sharing service that, you know, you can go ahead and rent out your car on your own for a few bucks. So maybe they were more successful than than GM was at doing it, so they couldn't even compete with competitors. Maybe. Yeah, and, you know, it's there's it's not like you have any great barrier to entry on an app that you're making. Right. So um, I, I think that GM really didn't have any advantage in launching that app or that service. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they were trying different things. Even, you know, Cadillac had their, I think it's called Black, Cadillac Black Book or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where you could go ahead and you pay X amount of dollars per month. And then you can go ahead and just uh, get any new Cadillac that you want. And you could, you know, if you want to drive an Escalade one week and then give it back and get a CTS and keep swapping out back and forth, you could do that. You just pay one fee. Yeah. So there's other innovations that they're working on that could be appealing to people. And I I think, you know, we get this little scare here and uh, it will change, you know, behaviors and knock out some of these business models that just weren't making money, but it might actually push us towards newer business models that are making money. Right. But the, in terms of mobility, no one has it figured out. Car companies have been spending millions and millions of dollars on what they think is going to be the future of mobility, not just you know, not just the car, right? Just but how are we? Yeah as going to move from point A to point B in the future, what is that going to look like? Yeah. And uh, that's that, that sort of innovation is not, not going to stop. Um, it's just these, these car companies are changing. The manufacturers themselves are changing. And uh, it, it, this, this is going to push a few of them to really make dramatic changes. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the coronavirus impacts for the near term, we'll talk about all that before we talk about some of the bigger innovative car companies themselves. Um, I took a look at what some of the dealerships have been reporting for earnings because that's kind of on the ground level of who's buying cars right now and who isn't. Are they selling anything? Um, And I took a look at uh, briefly at Lithia, which is ticker LAD, they have uh, auto dealerships around the country of all makes and models. I looked at Penske Automotive, PAG is that ticker, because Penske is a little unique. They have auto dealerships in North America, but also the UK. So I was curious to see what was going on you know, over in Europe, at least in the UK with auto sales. And then they're a little bit in other Europe. I think they have some Brazilian uh, dealerships as well, but that's a small percentage. But they have used vehicle super centers. They have 16 of those. They have 249 auto dealerships. And yep. then they have this other kind of uh, 
Rental trucks, retail commercial truck dealers, they have 24 of those in North America, and then truck distribution and power systems, as well as leasing, rental, and logistics. So a little more diverse than like the normal dealership. So that's why I wanted to look at them. Shares are down 31% year to date so far, but they have reported. And some of what, you know, we knew March was going to be awful. That's when the shutdowns in the U.S. occurred. And uh, Europe was already shut down by then, but U.S. auto sales from uh, those dealerships, 249 of those, were down 37.9% and then down 36.6% in international. But they did give some color about April and what they saw, and they said they saw improvement in the last 10 days of April versus the last 10 days of March. Like So March was the super dark days. Then it started to improve in April, and the end of April was better than the beginning, and the end of April was better than the end of March. So the new car sales were up 12% in those last 10 days of April versus the last 10 days of March. Used was up 49%, but this is coming off of the super low March numbers. So it sounds good, but it's at least it's improvement. Um, but this brings me to a question I had for you and that I've been thinking about is how many people are going to want to get that either new or used car, a car of their own, because people like me who don't own a car, I no longer want to take Zipcar and I may want to do a driving trip over the summer with my family. Maybe my car is older. We always flew everywhere. And now I'm like, hey, I'm going to need the big SUV or the van or whatever to go to go to some park or something for the summer because I need a vacation and I'm going to need a new vehicle. So could one of the results of this be kind of like a mini surge in car sales that maybe we weren't expecting? That's uh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, well, but it, it makes <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's hard. It's hard to think about what might happen, yeah, um, yeah. how we're going to react because we just don't know. I think it was easy heading into this um, quarantine that we figured, okay, well, anything that has to do with home delivery is going to be great. Anything you know, Netflix, any streaming service that you have to your house is going to be great. So those were kind of easy to to think about the new stay home economy, but yeah. yeah it's going to be yeah that's that's a very that's a very good point i do know that the incentives are so good right now that uh everybody i mean almost everybody i talk to is looking like uh they want if if they were even remotely thinking about getting a car this pushed them over where they're like okay i'm gonna go in and see if i can't get these dealers uh because i know they really want to move units right now and they're having a a tough time doing it plus the incentives are so good with the zero percent and the you know no payments for 120 months and or I mean 120 days rather, and uh, and and just car prices coming down because dealers dealers aren't are in trouble they're 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 up against it right now. Uh, they have wholesale prices are down 10 percent in a month on wow. uh, on used cars you know that they they buy, and uh, but the retail values are only down one percent. And I think a lot of people know that, and they're just sort of waiting it out, and and yeah, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna really be in trouble, I think. 
You know, what really surprised me about Penske's numbers was that 50% of their U.S. unit sales in the first quarter were now digital sales. I think a lot of people don't realize how many people are buying cars online now. Uh, you know, I'm always shocked. I, I'm a frequent, I, maybe I'm a junkie when it comes to uh, car websites. Okay. Uh, I, and there's a couple. I, I'm always on uh, Bring a Trailer. It's this auction site where uh, you know they're they're they sell cars from around the country. And I'm always on these these luxury car websites, exotic car websites, and, and they'll have you know uh, uh, cars in in California. And I'm always thinking to myself, like, would I ever really buy a car from California? You know, living here in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and you? a lot of people do it. And in a lot of these dealerships, that's their specialty. They don't have like a big lot where, you know, they, they get your attention and have you come in and look at the cars in a traditional sense. They have their, their virtual showroom. The instead of, instead of a surface lot, it's a warehouse somewhere in an industrial district. And they just, they just ship the cars from there. And that's their whole business is just shipping cars from one warehouse to your, to your door. Then you've got wow. services like Carvana. Where you just go online and pick out your car, you could do the financing in house with them, and they send the car to your house. Wow, uh, that's publicly traded CVNA. Okay, I see their ads on TV right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just for giggles, I, uh, I I started to do the process just to see because I wanted to. I wanted to learn about it. Basically, I wanted to see how difficult would this be, and what are what is their in-house financing like? Okay. Uh, their in-house financing was highway robbery. Okay. <laughs> highway robbery. I was insulted when I pulled it up. Um, but some people don't read the fine print. You know, they right. just look at what oh my monthly payment would be that okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely okay. word some of warning. Some caveat emptor when it comes to uh, um, when it comes to Carvana. Hey, you might pay a price for the ease of you know buying online like that. Well, absolutely, and that's that's kind of what what they're banking on is hey, we're bringing you ultimate convenience. You don't have to deal with salespeople. You know, nobody likes dealing with salespeople. Uh, it's not even salespeople are so bad. It's it's. I know it's just intimidating the whole process. These are people, these people do it every single day and you're coming in there and you're trying to go ahead and, you know, make something happen um, and, and get a good deal. And you just never know. You know? Right. And there's plenty of unscrupulous people out there. Um, yeah. My girlfriend's mom was just victimized at a Nissan dealer. Um, I, and it was too late for me to help her. I was very upset. They got That's her on everything, every angle. It was ridiculous. I'm going to take you with me, Dave, when I when I buy something, if it ever that, happens. That's my favorite thing to do. Okay. I love going to car dealerships. <laughs> I, I really do. I'm, like, addicted to going to car dealerships. All things okay. car, it's just a great, fun hobby for me. Okay. Well, we each have our own little things. So let's move on to the big automakers. What do you think right now about GM and Ford? I get asked this question by a lot of value investors. Like, would you buy either of those stocks here? GM I would, is GM. So uh, people have been asking me about Ford since 2008. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not your grandpa's Ford. Okay. Um, so is, that, is that good or? I don't no. think so. Oh, okay. Um, just pull up, you know, we're on a podcast, so we can't do this, but if you pulled up a chart from Ford in 2014, Ford was a $18 stock. Yeah. Today it's five. Right. It's been awful. They don't make cars anymore. Yeah. They make the Mustang and then they make pickup trucks. Um, yeah. It's just a different. It's it's different now. Now they made a ton of investment in electric vehicles over at Ford. Behind okay. the scenes, they've been spending tons and tons of money. So eventually, uh, I think they're going to sort themselves out. But okay. uh, as far as the stock goes, there's just so many more attractive stocks that we could look at. Uh, okay. Why why be stuck? In, in a stock that's gone sideways for so long. Yeah, that's always my advice too. People get sucked in by, at least with General Motors, by its dividend, which it's now not paying. But, you know, it was like 4% or something and they were like, but the dividend. But you could buy some of these more innovative companies like a Ferrari, which is ticker R-A-C-E, or obviously Tesla, it's out there, T-S-L-A, up 100% year-to-date now, Dave, Tesla. Yep, it's in, it's in fuego. Um, now, I took a look at its estimates because I have trashed Tesla in the past as, you know, not going anywhere, not the stock, but the, the company, you know, not living up to its expectations. And I was surprised at the estimates. I haven't looked at them for at least, I don't know, six months, nine months at least. And... I, you know, they, they're being cut like everybody's are for this year and for next, but still expected to make $4.59 for 2020 and $12.86 for 2021. They only made 13 cents last year. So this is the real deal of them actually having earnings and growing those earnings. So you got to like kind of where they stand right here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be in totally in love with it, um, given that you know they've they've they're in fight with the the state of California uh, right. over whether or not they can even produce the cars. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you the the valuations, Tesla's not a car company, right? It's okay. not being it's not being valued like a car company. So, uh, like for example, we were just talking about. Ford, right? So if you look at the Fords, the GMs of the world, you're going to see what a a small a small multiple over the course of the next. Yeah. You know, their Ford PE is always pretty small. I'm trying to pull it up here while I'm uh, while I'm talking. I'll, I'll get it for us. But uh, you know, they'll, they'll trade eight times earnings, ten times earnings, like like yeah. a bank, right? Even cheaper sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you get, I don't even want to know what the PE on Tesla is right now. It's astronomical. It was pretty um, high. I don't remember it either. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I did look at the Ferrari PE, and that's at 54. 
So it's not as bad over at Ferrari, but that's not cheap either. Yeah. So 176 times earnings. That's oh, that's where okay. Tesla's trading at right now. But it's not a car company. It's it's an energy infrastructure play almost. So okay. you know his grand vision is that you have your 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 Tesla solar tiles on your house. The juice goes into your Tesla Powerwall battery, and you power up your Tesla car, and that's how you get around. And then when you're when you need a charge, you stop at the Tesla supercharger network, and you get juiced up. So. It's it's like it's like taking Ford and Chevron and putting them together. Okay. Um, you know, back when we actually still liked Chevron, right? Okay. <laughs> back, back back when we liked oil companies. But so See? I think that that's why. And then you're you're paying for the the future innovations that might come, and who knows what that might bring? You know, for so Tesla, it, who knows where else they go? Getting into the trucking business. If, if right. they get into autonomous trucking, now all of a sudden that's a huge new market. So there are all of these markets, these potential markets, these potential revenue streams that you're paying for when you're buying Tesla. You're really betting on the jockey that is Elon Musk, not just the company. Right. It sounds like you're not bearish on these valuations. I I I don't know that I would be buying Tesla at eight thirty. Okay. Um, if I was a long-term investor, I think that um, it's a great trading stock. And the day traders and the swing traders out there love it because they it moves around a lot. You can make money on it. But in terms of long-term, you know, valuations, uh, I don't. I I think it's it, it's it's a little stretched. It's a it's a little bit stretched, especially when you look at the growth. So. You know, EPS growth year over year, they've doubled their EPS basically. Right. Uh, on sales growth of thirty-one percent, and we can fudge the the EPS numbers. You can't really fudge those uh, those sales numbers. Right. So, you know, how how many years do they have to grow at thirty-one percent to justify a hundred and seventy-six times earnings? Right. Um, right. Right. So. Okay. I, I, it's 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 a little uh, it's a little rich for me. What do you think of Ferrari here then? They're also, down. yeah. So little here's price here's the problem with Ferrari. Um, first of all, it's a fantastic, just a iconic brand. It's it's the pinnacle of sports car, right? Yeah. And it's more than just a car company. It's a it's a merchandising giant. You can get Ferrari shoes, polos, jackets, you know, all sorts of memorabilia, posters for your house, keychain holders, you know, everything. I went to Epcot, one of my favorite places on earth, last summer and went to, I was in Italy and they had Ferrari pullovers in Epcot <laughs> Center. Okay. Nice. Um, so, the, it's not just a car company. Now, what happened with them is shortly after spinning off uh, and becoming their own publicly traded entity, it was right in the middle of them expanding their offering. So they started, they, you know, they had the California, which is a hard top GT. 
they were transitioning that over to the Portofino, the kind of the new model that's not from Fiat. It's their own their own thing built from the ground up. And then they uh, and now they started talking about adding the SUV to the lineup. So they're still okay. working on that after they've seen the success that Lamborghini had with that, which is okay. really an Audi with a body kit. But let's not go there. Um, so and then now they have the Roma, which is another hardtop GT car, kind of like where Aston Martin used to dominate that that space or why Aston Martin used to be. Now that they're kind of building a car for that. So okay. eventually, you know, they really wanted to get to these huge growth numbers, but eventually that growth is going to stop because okay. you can only, you know, they don't want to cheapen the brand by having so many of them out there. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of the problem that they have is this trade-off between the exclusivity of the Ferrari badge and trying to make money. So... Yeah. There's things going on now that a lot of people uh, aren't happy about. Just, just the sheer amount of cars used to make, you know, just just a handful of cars every year, and then now you're, you know, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. I mean, the the more you pump it out there, uh, it's not necessarily good. Same thing that happened to Michael Kors. I know we keep bringing. I don't know why Michael Kors is on my mind today, but. Um, <laughs> They, Michael Kors was sort of that entry-level luxury, and then they decided to put it in every mall they could find. Right. And then they started watering down the product mix, and then all of a sudden, Michael Kors is no longer a luxury brand. Right. So it's it the same the problem here. You, you need to have that, that aura of exclusivity. Otherwise, it won't be the same thing. And if you look at, you know, they're, they're going off their history and all the F1 wins and championships that they used to have. Well, yeah. Mercedes has been kicking their butt for a very long time. I think Ferrari's last, didn't they last win in 04 or something like that? Or 07, 09 was their last uh, F1 championship? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's 09. But um, anyway, so, so, so they're getting beat on that stage. They're starting to produce way more cars. I, I I don't like it being the purest that I am for Ferrari and the love that I have for the, the brand. Um, but eventually, even the money is not going to be there because there'll just be too many Ferraris. Yeah. Now, they had uh, some big coronavirus impacts, all their Yeah, I shut down the factory. Yeah. And so the earnings are are being cut like everybody else's down to 293 from 441 for the year, which is probably why you got that higher PE now, because the shares are only down 4% year to date. Yeah. And they're 54 times earnings right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, they, they just released. So that Roma model just came out and I know they had some pretty good interest in that. And then the other, they redid their mid engine car. From the 488, they made the um, the F8 Tributo. So that was a new model coming out for them. They saw huge demand with, and they had to, you know, put the brakes on everything. So that's definitely definitely going to hurt. There have been I, I have a friend over at Ferrari, and uh, just anecdotally, he said it was terrible a few weeks ago. Okay. And now business is starting to pick back up for them. Yeah, I think that's that's mainly what most of the auto dealers are seeing on the ground is that it was terrible, but some buyers are starting to come back in. I know AutoNation said they're seeing, you know, 
they they think they've seen the bottom there for those cars. So it does sound like, you know, the worst of the fear where you were just like shut in your house is done now and you're starting to emerge either buying online or once they reopen the dealerships in some of these states here in the United States, then people will go back in there. Yeah, the dealers Uh-oh. down here didn't close at all. Oh, okay. None of the dealers okay. that I saw. Okay, must have been an essential business. I think I think if you're a dealer and you have, you know, a maintenance department, you know, yeah. your service, you know, because people's cars break down, they need to be fixed. So they right. had to stay open because of that. And then so you got the showroom there. So, you know. Yeah. Um, it was kind of strange what was open. So, like, the bicycle shops were all open down here. Okay. In um, Florida. So anything sort of transportation related, I think they, they deemed essential. Okay. Um, so I wonder if we could see with a Ferrari what, uh, you know, some coronavirus impacts in terms of, you know, people got little spooked about life in general and maybe coming out of this, they'll be like, hey, it's now or never. I've always wanted a Ferrari. I'm going to surge out there and I'm going to buy one or any of the luxury cars for that matter. I always wanted a Corvette. I always wanted a Jaguar. I don't know, whatever it is, a Porsche. And maybe maybe we'll see an increase in sales in some of those kind of dream kind of cars. You could, but on, I think it, it depends on what the recovery looks like. Okay. The, the quicker the recovery, you know, the more V-shaped it is, we'll have that. But if, if we get sort of a more elongated recession... Uh, I think you're going to have that sort of fear that people had where even if you are doing better, you're, you're well off, you don't necessarily want to rub that in everyone's face. Okay. And I, I think you're going to see some people kind of scale back on that. Cause think about it. You're a restaurateur, you know, you're doing all right, but you just fired half of your staff. Right. Are you, you going to pull up in a, in, in a new Ferrari? No. Uh, I would <laughs> hope, I would hope that you didn't. <laughs> right. That is the flip side of it as well. Yeah. I'm seeing that with the insider buying, like do, you know, for the same reason, if you lay off or furlough people or you're cutting people's salaries, are you going to go buy your stock? No. <laughs> that right. seems weird. Yeah. So yeah, these are all things we're going to have to watch play out over the next couple of months and for the rest of the year, really to see what happens, who survives, um, where everybody buys or doesn't buy. But as you said, a lot of those those deals right now with the 0% financing are pretty juicy. I know I've been noticing the ads because I don't have a car, but now may be the time because it is so cheap. I think, and I, and I don't know why I'm being so pessimistic, but um, I, I think that this recovery is going to take longer than people realize. I okay. think that we're being naive to think that we're just going to get right back to the way it was that quickly. Yeah. People's behavior—you lock somebody up for eight weeks, uh, <laughs> their behavior is going to change on the other side. On the flip side of that, yeah, um, yeah. I'm already noticing it in just in my own actions and what I do. It's it's strange. It's like I I never thought I would act the way I do in in some instances. But anyway, uh, so I think you're going to get this initial surge. Of the pent up demand, where some people yeah. run out, go ahead and try to buy those cars. Yeah. But uh, then I think once that dries up, 
then you're going to see it get really bad for these dealers. And that's that is when we strike. Okay. And get, and get the new stuff for uh, for cheap. I mean, the new stuff is always is going to remain cheap. They're going to yeah. have deals and incentives on that. Uh, the the problem is going to be, you know, anything anything that was out new that's coming back on a lease now that wholesale prices have taken a dramatic yeah. hit lower. Yeah. Now you're going to have that new supply that's coming in, so used car prices are going to get knocked even further down, which will make them more attractive, which will then put even more pressure on the new car prices. Right, right. So there's like a deflationary aspect within the car business that they're going to have to contend with. Okay. Yeah. But if it's bad for them, then it's good for you. Unfortunately, that is one of the few areas in life where it truly is a zero sum game, the (laughs) game between you and the car dealers. Yeah. You know, they got to make money. I understand. They got to keep the lights on. Um, But you know, it's, it's still war. Yeah. So it sounds like you're pretty bearish on all the stocks in this industry right now. I, I, I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big fan either, but I am keeping a couple on just like a watch list to kind of see what happens. But I don't think the worst is over with some of these stocks. Um, so yeah, I'm not, even if they look kind of like deals here, like some of these dealerships, I noticed Lithia, uh, they have 550 million in cash, and they have another 500 million in unfinanced real estate, which they could use to provide liquidity. So they've got over a billion dollars sitting there. They did suspend their share buybacks. They've always had this dividend that's out there, and they didn't cancel it. They're still keeping it. You know, I think the unleased land that they're referring to, or un un unfinanced. Um, that's not the benefit that they're leading on because if you want to have cars on that lot, the banks that are lending you the money for those cars want to make sure that you own that lot. Yeah. So I don't know that they, they have the ability to go ahead and cash in on that as much as they say that they do. I don't know, but they have 550 million in cash. That's, pretty strong for you know a business of their size but yeah, a lot of these dealerships learned their lessons from you know the last recession yeah and had cash on hand right. um i mean we've seen it across the board how many companies how many times have we seen uh you know the cash on that apple has on hand and go like hey they need to do something with this they need to you know yeah. give it back to shareholders or do some buybacks or buy out a company or go buy a country right um yeah. So, but now we know why, because yeah. there will be a downturn, and and they will have to make sure that they can weather the storm. Yeah. So it changes behaviors. Do you think events like this are dramatic changes to behavior, and we're just not sure what we're going to look like on the other side of it because we won't know till we till we get there. Right. All right. So we're going to have to check back in maybe towards the end of the year and see what's happening. And yeah, there's going to be a sure. lot of news in the meantime. And be sure if you are thinking about these rental car companies or if you own Hertz right now, May 22nd is that deadline for the bankruptcy for them to get funding to avoid the bankruptcy. So I don't think I'd want to be in that one right now. Just That's just my own view. Uh, but let's recap the stocks uh, again in case you missed some of the tickers here. So we did talk about Hertz. 
HTZ, but they have that May 22nd deadline. Then we had Avis Budget, which is just C-A-R, and they're the ones that own Zipcar. And then we talked about some of the dealerships. We had Lithia, LAD, and then Penske Automotive, which does have that commercial truck division, which makes it a little more diverse. And they're in the UK, and I believe down in Brazil is what I, where I think they are, but they have some other little um, international exposure. That's ticker PAG. And then we talked about the main car makers. General Motors is GM. Ford is just ticker F. And um, Carvana, which is selling you online, CVNA is that ticker. And then we had Ferrari, R-A-C-E, and then the big kahuna now, Tesla, T-S-L-A. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of The Market Edge as I'm bringing you stock ideas and just things that are going on out there in the economy with the coronavirus impacts every week so you can get us on soundcloud and i know a lot of you are over there already subscribing on soundcloud you can also get us on spotify and we're on apple podcasts but be sure to get us somewhere and i'll see you again next week with some more stocks this material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment legal accounting or tax advice or a recommendation to buy sell or hold a security Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal tax or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.